You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Jerry Morris, EMT and paramedic and operations manager for Carolina Med One. Today, we'll be discussing a new intervention technique for disaster care. Jerry, could you tell me a little bit, what is Carolina Med One? Well, we're the mobile emergency department. We have, through a kind of a long, drawn-out process that started back in the late 90s, we have developed a virtual hospital on wheels. We have taken all the capabilities from our critical care areas of the hospital, the NICU, the PICU, uh, and all the intensive care units, added those to house them in or have modified those so they can be housed into a 53-foot tractor trailer. And that's what we bring to a scene. Really, we can we can set up a hospital in a matter of uh, a few minutes for you. Do you have a full-time staff or is it a part-time staff? Well, it's a, it's a part-time volunteer staff right now. We designated about 75 people from the hospital, went through an interview process and a, and a, uh, a little testing process that we developed. And those people are who we draw from primarily. However, when we deploy, if we deploy for an extended period of time, if we deploy for a major disaster, we could not staff that ourselves. Our Carolina's Medical Center could probably not staff the entire hospital for a, a, a long time deployment, a long-term deployment. So we draw from the local hospitals, state medical assistance teams here in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina has a, has a very well-developed disaster response network. And those uh, state medical assistance teams, as they've been developed, those are people who are contributed from 125 different hospitals across the state. So when we deploy, we're going to have people from all over North Carolina, not just from Carolinas. What type of specialists or staff do you have? We have, again, our emergency physicians, uh, emergency nurses. Depending on the mission, we would take an orthopedic surgeon or we might take surgeons of different specialties. One of the beauties of it is we can kind of cater the deployment uh, or the staff to meet the uh, deployment uh, mission requirements. And the only way you would transport your hospital is on the road, is on wheels. You would not fly, for example, if you are called to a destination beyond 1,000 miles. We can be loaded on a rail car. We can be loaded inside of a military C-17, or I'm sorry, a C-5A aircraft. We can be loaded onto a ship. We can go really virtually anywhere. If we can fly there, train there, boat there, we can take the hospital there. Once you're called into action, are you federalized and therefore become part of the public health service and therefore don't have all the problems of licenses, disabilities, and workman compensation uh, problems that may affect a hospital? Well, that depends on who deploys us. If Department of Health and Human Services, a federal agency deploys us, then yes, we're, we're federalized. If we're deployed through the mutual aid agreements between states here, as we were for Hurricane Katrina, uh, we were deployed to Mississippi. We had an, an agreement with Mississippi to recognize our credentials to allow us to, to uh, treat patients in their state. So basically they gave us reciprocity based on the, uh, on the size of the disaster. Does your staff have to go through some type of special training to be part of the team? Well, we have periodic training. We try to set up a quarterly training schedule where we, we train on the equipment. One of the things that we did, and this was a lot of a good pre-thought on Dr. Blackwell's part, he was, he's our, our mentor and our, the man who actually developed this whole system, is we tried to use as much equipment that's like our hospital as we could. We used the same IV pumps. We used the same uh, patient tracking system. We used the same, really, the same pharmaceuticals. We, we tried to use the exact same stuff that we use in the hospital so when 
our ED nurses step into the to Med 1, it's just like being a regular workday for them. How many patients could you see in a day? We all wondered that until we got deployed to Hurricane Katrina. And in the 41 days we were there, we saw 7,400 patients. And there were days when we saw over 350 patients. That day in particular, over 350 was a 12-hour day because we were still under a, an 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. curfew. So in that 12 hours, we saw 350-some patients. Is your hospital set up to do both inpatient and outpatient work? Primarily, what we are is a mobile emergency department. So what we would really like to do, I mean, in, in, the, in the perfect world, is a critical patient, stabilize them, and move them out to where they can get definitive care. Minor patients, take care of them and put them back out. We also have, with our hospital, um, one of the additions to it is a, is a tent that fits over the outside of a 53-foot tractor trailer. Now, that tent is about 110 feet by about 90 feet. And inside that tent, we can set up about 120, 150 beds, depending on the size of the beds and what we have available. But that would serve us as, as another hospital, as some... As an inpatient type of hospital. Yeah, a little inpatient kind of thing, a minor wound clinic, those kind of things. But that served us very well. Have you had any difficulty interfacing with other agencies at the scene of a disaster? You know, I didn't hear everything that that happened during Katrina because we were were deployed so early and we didn't get a lot of news, we didn't get a lot of of the feedback. But from my perspective down there on the ground with, with lots of patients and lots of things going on, I think things worked extremely well. People came to us, ambulances came to us. The ambulance company that was that was uh, supporting most of the Gulf Coast was in and out of our place, you know, on, almost on a, on a minute-by-minute basis. The police that were down there from all of the states that, that contributed people were always helpful. Uh, everything just, you know, in that situation, you can't expect everything to work perfectly, but I think things work very well. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and our guest is Jerry Morris, EMT, Paramedic and Operations Manager for Carolina Med One. We're discussing a mobile hospital that has tremendous advantages at a disaster scene. With your hospital, do you have the capability to meet special needs, such as, say, pediatrics or burn situation? We do have an area we've designated one of our critical care beds as a pediatric bed, so we've stocked that bed with some extra supplies, and and we've incorporated some some specific pediatric devices in that bed and in that area. For burn patients, we we don't have anything any more special than any other emergency department would have. And, And again, you know, our whole concept is to, you know, to treat them and get them to definitive care. We, we couldn't always do that, especially in the, in the situation of Katrina, but we can at least make them more comfortable and give them a, the same level of care that they would receive in, in a trauma center anywhere in the U.S. How would you respond to, say, mental health? We incorporated, we actually took a section of our tent, and we incorporated, and we, and we were slow in responding to this. We didn't think of it right away because we'd never actually planned on, a, on such a protracted deployment. After about the, the third week, we were realizing that not only were, you know, a lot of these people coming to us, and, and they just needed a little bit of counseling. They needed somebody to talk to sometimes. They needed some, you know, some mental health counseling. Not only that, but our own people, the people who work there, for the most part, never seen anything like this. So we set up a little uh, mental health counseling clinic on the, in the side of the tent, 
and that that worked out very well. A lot of our own people took advantage of it. A lot of the townspeople took advantage of it. Well, you bring up an interesting point. How did you meet the needs of your staff, such as showers, places to sleep, food, just to name a few? We took a bunch of military rations with us. We have a, a cache of them here that we'll take with us. We we came to a, a spot where we set up uh, in Waveland in the Bay St. Louis area, and right next to us was a church group that had set up. And what they did it was just phenomenal. They set up, before it was all over, they had four circus tents, for, for lack of any other term for them. I mean, they were just huge tents, and they fed upwards of 2,500 people, or 2,500 meals a day out of those tents. They asked no questions. Uh, the only thing that they demanded you do was wash your hands. Wash your hands and come in and you can eat. And it wasn't fancy food, but it was good, sustainable food. And so we were we were very lucky in that aspect and that we didn't have to supply food for 42 days for people. The, the church group there did it for us. Sleeping quarters, uh, our support truck, the second 53-foot trailer, once everything's emptied out of that and the trailer's operational, the hospital's operational, that trailer becomes a dormitory. So we slept some people in there. We slept some people in the tent around the main hospital. And some people slept wherever they fell. They uh, decided it was time to take a nap and laid down and took a nap wherever they were. For travel, we, again, were very fortunate in that we had a, a, a local individual here from Charlotte donated his, his personal aircraft. And he made two trips a week and shuttled our people back and forth. So what we had was, with only very few exceptions, myself and Dr. Blackwell and a couple other people, the most any of our people spent on, on scene at one time was seven days. So that was a great benefit for us. They remained fresh and also right. emotionally probably remained uh, much more grounded. Every seven days we had a new crew of people in. Now some people came back, took a, came back and took a seven-day break and then came back again later or took a 14-day break and came back. It was still nice to have every week a, a crew of fresh people, fresh minds, fresh eyes, fresh thoughts, fresh everything. It was, it was nice. Do you travel with a full pharmacy, and therefore because you're running an emergency room, do you prescribe and have the resources to fill those prescriptions? Yes, we do. Our full pharmacy is a very, well, it's two very large tool carts with lots of little drawers full for all of our little drugs. We have the capability of sustaining operations for 72 hours. We can be totally self-sufficient for 72 hours from the pharmacy standpoint, from our equipment supply standpoint, from our fuel standpoint, from even from food and, and water for our own personnel. So that was kind of our concept is that after 72 hours, somebody should have caught up to us by then. Some relief, federal government, state government, whoever that is going to be, should have caught up to us. And, and so far, it's proven to be pretty accurate. It's worked out well. Who drives your truck? We have... Carolina's Med One has one full-time employee, and that is a truck driver. Was Katrina the first area that uh, you used Carolina Med One at? Absolutely. We had Carolina's Med One for about a year and a half when Katrina hit. There were people, even within our own organization, some of the, some of the people we work with, some of the colleagues we see every day, who thought it would never be used. It's a big boondoggle. It's a bunch of federal money sitting there going to waste. It's our tax dollars at work sitting in a parking lot. After Katrina, most of those colleagues came to Katrina, worked out of Med One, and saw what, what effect it had on the local people and how useful it was and how really, truly a, a support 
device it can be, most everybody has changed. Everybody wants to see us deployed. Everybody wants to see Med One do do more things in the future and do more advanced things also. How did your state feel about Carolina Med One after you had returned home? I, I can't really speak for the state office, OEMS office. We got positive feedback from everybody that we dealt with, from Mississippi, the guys from even from North Carolina, the, the people that we did deal with. We had nothing but positive feedback. I'm assuming that they appreciate us for what we are and, and we'll look for some future deployments. And I'm sure the team took a lot of gratification from this. I've written a couple different papers on it, but it's probably one of the most satisfying things professionally that I've, I've done in my life. And I think a great deal of our people feel the same way. I want to thank Jerry Morris, AMT Paramedic and Operations Manager for Carolina Med One, a new concept in meeting the threats of disaster throughout the United States. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard. I've been your host. You've been listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.